1: and thanks
2: for being with us again on Winning Ponies. This is going to be an exciting week in racing. Looks like Del Mar got out of the gate just a little bit before Saratoga. Uh, very exciting. This is the meat of summer racing. And we're going to do our best to provide you with expert handicappers, both from the West Coast and the East Coast. Uh, on the East Coast today today, a gentleman that grew up in Saratoga, Tom Law, used to be the editor of the Thoroughbred Times, uh, the president of the National Turf Riders, and now he is working with the Saratoga Special. It doesn't get any better than that at Saratoga Springs. So if anybody's got their finger on the pulse of racing, Up at the spa, it would be none other than Tom Law. Of course, uh, this game doesn't go without owners, and we're going to talk to somebody that hasn't been on the show yet but is behind a very big effort, and his name is Gary Falter. Uh, For years, he was the vice president of uh, development and operations uh, with the Jockey Club, and now he's uh, on, I guess, what you would call a special assignment. He uh, heads up the... Thoroughbred Overview, which is a nationwide industry initiative uh, to encourage thoroughbred ownership. I've known Gary for probably about 30 years when he was uh, breeding and racing. Uh, horses in the Midwest, so he, he knows the sport not just from an executive side, but as an owner himself and somebody uh, that's been a hands-on thoroughbred guy, so it uh, be interesting to talk to Gary Falter, vice president of the Jockey Club, and of course our captain from Tom Law. Things still going on at Del Mar as we speak, I know this dates the show a little bit, but uh, welcome back to the saddle to Rafael Bayorano, you know that uh, he's been out of commission for about two months now. And uh, Rafael back in the saddle. He ran second in the first race at Del Mar. Of course, the winner was a favorite that won by 10. I guess the new guy to watch is Dryden Van Dyke. I've only got the first four results, and he's already won two of the first four races. So, uh, Drayden Van Dyke, uh, who was just sensational at the recent Los Alamitos um, I believe he bested Joe Talamo there, uh, young apprentice. He's going to be something to watch. Uh, came up under the guidance of Tom Proctor, who made him work from the bottom up. That's right, mocking, mucking stalls and walking hots. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to watch uh, this kid's career as, as it expands. Uh, as far as uh, the races we'll be looking at today, uh, we're going to go to Saratoga. The Schuylerville is the opening stake, but it drew a very short field. So we'll just to allude to that briefly with Tom and then we'll get into the Saturday program. Uh, the Sanford stake has just been an outstanding race throughout its long, long history back when the second running one regret, uh, won the race. And, uh, The Sanford, of course, uh, I'll never forget the day I was there when a young boy by the name of Steve Coffin came from off the pace and roared down the lane to get up on a horse by the name Affirmed. Some other greats have been in this race. We'll bring it up when we get Tom. And then also we're going to look at the... Half-a-million-dollar Grade 1 TVG Diana, and what a solid, solid field this is brought together. I'm really looking forward to finding out uh, who Tom likes, and we didn't want to leave the West Coast out, and we've got the uh, Grade 2 San Clemente that will be run at Del Mar on Saturday. So that's a look at what's going to come up on the show. Let's uh, turn back the clock, take a look at some of the things that's uh, happened over this past week. Good to know Wise Dan is back on track. He's been breezing at Keeneland after his emergency colic surgery, and he has shown no ill effects. He's breezing very, very well, and it looks like uh, he's going to be heading up to Saratoga with trainer Chuck Lepresti, he said he was a little bit worried about this last work, but didn't really have to be. Uh, galloped out five-eighths and one o two and one, uh, got six furlongs and one seventeen, and it wasn't a speedy work. It was slow starting out, and then he really picked it up. Very competitive, getting the last final quarter in twenty-four seconds. So good to know that uh, horse of the year in two thousand twelve, two thousand thirteen. Uh, did not succumb to colic, and it looks like he is back on track, so look for him to pop up at Saratoga. Uh, I believe they're looking at the uh, four-star Dave for him. Well, one of our stable stars and a horse that was really a, a great story was Mucho Macho Man, who won the 213 Breeders' Cup Classic. It looks like he is going to be retired to stud, at Adina Springs, who purchased a major interest in him earlier this year. Uh, they have not disclosed the fee. Of course, he'll be at Adena Springs. Uh, he's six years old now, so probably happy to go on uh, to, to the breeding shed. Um, but what a, what a great story. The, uh, the Reeves, who purchased him uh, after he finished second in his career debut, as a two-year-old, uh, turned him over to Kathy Ritbo And, of course, uh, the great storyline there is that she survived a heart transplant four and a half years ago, uh, to become the first woman ever to train the winner of the Breeders' Cup Classic. And she just says that how much uh, this horse and working with him and his courage kind of helped her uh, in in her comeback after an entire heart transplant, Uh, that he was just so tough and genuine. He gave it all every time. He had five seasons of training and racing and didn't show hardly any signs of uh, wear and tear. He's sound and happy, but they just said, you know, at six years old, it's probably in his best interest to go ahead and retire him. So uh, he'll go to Adina Springs where he'll uh, have to join four other Breeders' Cup Classic winners, (coughs) including Fort Larned. Uh, It's a championship race, and, you know, you've got to have a big heart, Long stride and good pedigree to get that done. Well, uh, one of the horses that uh, was highly touted into the Derby is going to be on the sidelines. Looks like Uncle Cy is done for the year uh, due to injury. Uh, he finished fifth in the Wood Memorial. He's going to miss the rest of the year due to a pulled muscle in his back. So, better to uh, just back off the son of uh, Indian Charlie. He's in New York bred, so there's a lot of money out there for him to make it. Also, retiring. Shake It Up is going to do it. He's a Grade One winner, and uh, he's going to stand at the very strong Spendthrift Farm in Lexington, Kentucky. It seems like they just keep uh, coming up with fantastic horses. They were very well received at the recent uh, Phasing t- Tipton Sale, and uh, so Shaking It Up, who won four of ten starts, earned six hundred sixty-four thousand nine hundred eighty-two. It looks like his stud fee is going to be twelve thousand five hundred. And, uh, again, he's joining a very, very uh, strong contingent of horses at Spendthrift Farm. Well, uh, some kind of sad news, but it's going to happen sooner or later when you turn 28, is prized. The winner of the 1989 Breeders' Cup Turf, who was retired to old friends, was euthanized on Sunday. Uh, the retirement farm has had uh, quite a few hits this year. And uh, they just said that at his age, his quality of life became compromised and it was time to see him go. Of course, Michael Blowen, who we've had on the show several times, is such a class act, and he he knows that it's very, very sad when he loses a retiree, especially one as accomplished and adored as prized. And uh, he said it was a, a privilege to have him on the farm. Don't forget, anytime you happen to be in central Kentucky, uh, Georgetown, just north of Lexington, they'd love to see you at Old Friends. Um, my friends up in uh, Thistledown looks like uh, they've upped the the purse in the Ohio Derby to three hundred thousand, and it worked. They it looks like they got a full field in the in the Ohio Derby. Uh, looked like a while ago that race was going to go away, but. Probably due to the extra funds coming in from being a Racino, they were able to not only up the purse, but it did not lose its graded status. So it will remain a grade three uh, at, for for the time, and uh, hopefully it will go up. Right now it is the, the only graded race in the state. So uh, Untappable, <clears throat> we were kind of sitting on the fence with her, and uh where was she gonna go next? Well, it looks like she's gonna face the boys. That's right. She's gonna go in the grade one Haskell invitational at Monmouth July fourteenth. She worked five furlongs at one with Rosie Napravnik, who's making her comeback tomorrow at Saratoga. And of course she's gonna ride the Philly uh, in the Haskell. Steve Asmussen was very pleased with her drill, and I believe that that's what kind of put her over the top for going into that race. They were sitting on the fence, maybe going to the coaching club, American Oaks. Uh, You've got to remember some of the horses, the only fillies, and they were great ones, that won the Haskell were Serena Song back in 1995 and Rachel Alexandra in 2009. Of course, it's a win and you're in. Event So now we know where she is going to, uh, to pop up next. Let's take a look at some of the races. We had Joe Christofik, handicapper up in Chicago and linesmaker at Arlington and Kentucky Downs with us. A series of graded races. They call it Arlington Million Preview Day. And we started out uh, with a very tough field in the Arlington Handicap. And the winner was Finnegan's Wake. This was a horse that I was hoping would win, and it did. And the reason is the horse was bred by Jerry uh, Crawford, who's been a guest on the show before. He was the owner of Dullahan, who sadly passed away from colic last week, shortly after being retired. uh, He was going to stand stud for the first season next year. And it was kind of neat. I really hope that this win uh, picked his head up. I know the Daily Racing Forum uh, made him Breeder of the Week. So, Homebred Donegal Racing, Finnegan's Wake, gets the job done in the mile-and-a-quarter Arlington Handicap. It wasn't easy. It was a four-horse blanket finish with Admiral Kitten, War Dancer, and Mr. Marty Gras. Uh, from there, we parlayed in the Stars and Stripes. This is where I started my pick three. And uh, got home on top with the, with the Pizza Man. That's right, the Illinois bread. Look at Solid, And what a day for Florent Giroux, uh, who's uh, kind of taken over for uh, Julian Leparoux as far as Frenchmen making a splash on the North American scene. What a day he had winning three graded stakes races. The pizza man got the job done in the Stars and Stripes. Uh, congratulations to him and his connections. From there, we went in. To the American Derby. I did have the pizza man on the front end of my pick three, but then that little Frenchman knocked me out with Divine Oath, a horse that we said distance may help. And Divine Oath got the job done in the Grade Three American Derby, going a mile and three sixteenths on the turf. Um, In uh, that race, uh, he won by a half of a length. What can I say? Our channel was second, who was my selection. He led and just got caught, and in the third spot was long shot, high ball, a good play according to many of the wise guy handicappers. Then it was on to the grade three modesty handicap, another four-horse photo. The winner was getting up. It was Gelser. No, on the outside, it was the horse that I picked at paying 1080. I'm already sexy uh, getting up over the rallying Irishbred Gulseri, and in the third spot, 17 to one shot Street of Gold. So uh, I want to again uh, thank Joe Christovic for taking the time and being our guest handicapper. Tom Law is going to be our guest handicapper today, and now we're going to take a view of owners and a look at the guy that runs overview. That's right. We're going to be talking with Gary Falter from the Jockey Club. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
1: to the pros, we we cover everything. everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports.
0: And they're off!
1: What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com All right, and with me, a gentleman that I've known,
2: uh, you have to say, safe to say, for decades, and his name is Gary Falter. Uh, He's uh, from uh, Columbus, Ohio, originally. Uh, Then he, back in 2000, he joined the Jockey Club Information Systems, worked his way up uh, to the Vice President of uh, Development and Operations until 2012, and then, like I said, he's been kind of put on special assignment, a big effort, uh, that he's going to be leading the Thoroughbred Owner View, which is a nationwide initiative uh, to encourage uh, thoroughbred ownership. Of course, uh, what I stated earlier, Gary's a hands-on guy. He's owned and bred thoroughbreds for 32 years, uh, still has a small breeding operation at Red Fox Farm in Versailles, Kentucky, and uh, they actually... Uh, we're awarded with a Sovereign Award as the breeder of the champion turf mare in Canada, Points of Grace. So uh, this guy's been there, done that, uh, and has a fantastic vision of what, uh, what, what an owner can be and can do starting out on any level. So to waste no more time, Gary
0: Falter, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Thanks for having me on your show tonight.
2: Well, I'm happy to because if we don't have owners, we don't have this radio show.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, you know? absolutely. Owners are probably the the most one of the most important stakeholders in our entire business.
2: Yeah, they they really are. And you know, because the games changed, uh, I have seen personally a little bit of a change in the way that trainers even handle their owners. You know, there there used to be uh, an old saying that uh, you know, guys say, "What's your day rate?" and he'd say, "Well." Uh, it's uh 25 bucks if you don't have a condition book in your pocket, and it's 50 bucks if you do.
3: <laughs> I remember they didn't want the,
2: the owners telling them what races to put their horses in or to be involved. Uh, meanwhile, a gentleman that's uh, been on this show uh, many times, his name's Jeff Greenhill. He is highly active in, in partnerships, and he uh, totally encourages. He's big on the internet, he lets you know when your horse is going to get in the gate card, come on over, if there's going to be a public or a morning workout, uh, he invites everybody to the shed row, encourages them to, you know, he lets them know when their horse has entered, if they got in, and really, you know, treats them like I believe owners should be treated. And and I'm sure that's probably an emphasis of of what you do is creating a good trainer-owner relationship, because without that, you're not going to get the interest of these people in the game.
0: Sure, sure. Well, you know, we live in an information age now, John, with the Internet and social media. So, so much has changed. And and, and owners, they're expecting to to have information and to have good communication with their trainers and others that they uh, interact with in the horse industry. So, yeah, it's a lot different than it was 30 years ago.
2: Absolutely, you know, just uh, they, they were treated like mushrooms a lot of times, kept in the dark, and had poop thrown on them. But uh, not not anymore, you know. You they're the people with the money. They're the people that that are backing you now. Um, coming up, I, I know you have put, put so much efforts into this thoroughbred owner conference. that's going to happen in Lexington. Uh, it's going to be in mid October. Uh, before we get on many of the topics of ownership, uh, tell us about your efforts as far as this conference and why it's important.
0: Right. Well, um, John, this is really phase two of OwnerView. OwnerView we developed as a result of a study that McKinsey and Company did for the Jockey Club back in 2011, and we asked them to do some detailed research in the industry to help us understand what we can do to help build sustainable growth in the industry. So McKinsey came back to us with nine recommendations, and one of those recommendations was, uh, from all the interviews that they did with owners all around the country, nearly a 1,000 different owners they interviewed, they came back and told us that owners felt that when they entered into the business and even you know, while they uh, progressed along in the business, there just wasn't enough information made available to them for, to, to help them make wise decisions and choices when they first entered the business. So McKinsey suggested to us, Jockey Club, you need to build some new resources and new tools to help encourage ownership, so in two thousand and twelve we launched the website ownerview.com. Uh, it's gone great it's been very successful um, and one of the beauties of ownerview is everything on the website is free we have statistics for every trainer in North America we, we list who their top horses are if owners want to know if the trainers have had any regulatory rulings we have all that so that you know they, they know what their what they're getting into, we've got racing syndicates, we've just got a a wealth of information we've built over the last two years on the website. So that was phase one of this initiative, and again, it's gone very well. So last fall, uh, we discussed, okay, where do we take it from here? And we had some long discussions about, okay, what has not been done for owners in the past? And we've never held a national thoroughbred owner conference here in North America for, for our owners. Uh, organizations like uh, TOBA, the Thoroughbred Breeders and Owners Association, they do a great job of holding regional seminars throughout the country on new ownership. Uh, I know up in New York, uh, the New York Racing Association, they'll hold new owner seminars. I know you guys are putting on a a seminar in in a week or so there at Belterra for new owners out in California, the Thoroughbred Owners of California. They'll do the same, but there's never been an organization that hosted a national conference where owners from all around the country can gather together, and the entire conference is dedicated to thoroughbred owners. So uh, we decided to, to, to uh, move forward with that this year, and then the planning has been a lot of fun. It's going to be a great event and uh, a lot to look forward to.
2: Well, uh, from what I understand it 's not a gee i 'm going to sit there and watch a conference I mean uh, this four day conference uh, you 've got the not only you know successful owners they 're going to be talking about it. But uh, you're actually going to have behind the scene tours of some of the leading breeding operations. You're going to have social events. Uh, they're going to get to mingle with uh, industry professionals like uh, Gary Player. Uh, describe some of the things that uh, sound like they're going to be light and lively at this conference.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. Our, we've, we've got uh, our event planning committee working on all the details, and one of the things we talk about on a regular basis is this isn't your regular conference. This is going to be something special that uh, our sponsors, which are Keeneland, the New York Racing Association, Del Mar, and the Stronach Group are all backing, and we have other great sponsors. So, um, you know, it's going to be a mix of information, obviously, with a conference. We, you know, we're going to provide some very valuable information about ownership, and, and many owners are going to talk about their experiences in ownership, along with trainers and agents and so on. Uh, But we're also going to have a balance of entertainment and social activities because we think for this conference to be successful, we we need to facilitate the networking of of owners with other owners, with owners with other trainers, and other industry participants. So there's going to be a lot of social activities going on with the conference. Uh, We're going to have some uh, entertainment, some surprise entertainment, some surprise guests. Uh, As you said, we're going to have uh, tours of the bluegrass area, one of the things we want to do is we're going to move this conference around the country every year. So here it's in the bluegrass in the first year. So we'll showcase many of the uh, the unique assets of the bluegrass, which would be our stallion farms and, and the horse park and the, the uh, veterinary clinics that we have here. They're world-class. We have the bourbon trail here in the bluegrass. It's oh, yeah. here. So we'll showcase a lot of those things for the conference guests, so it's not just going to be packing everybody into the Keeneland Sales Pavilion and just jamming one session after the next for two days. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a pretty good show. We're going to have a great evening dinner on Tuesday night on the 15th, Uh, have some surprise uh, celebrities there, uh, just to make this a very special event. So then when people leave, you know, it creates a real buzz about the conference that this was special, and... And just yesterday, we announced that um, any uh, owner that signs up or anybody that signs up by the middle of August, uh, when they arrive at the conference, we're going to give them a free iPad as a gift.
2: I saw that. That release just came out. I'm thinking that's pretty sweet as long as they sign up uh, by the 15th and the thing's going to be preloaded with a full schedule of events, biographies of the speakers and panelists, and give people maps so they know where they're going. Now, uh, how has the the response been? Do do you have a long road ahead of you, or are you you seeing signs of light that people are interested?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, everybody I talk to are, are, are very excited about the conference. We're still about 90 days out. Uh, so we still have room for people to register, and, and, and if people are a lot like me, you kind of wait until the last minute. But we're trying to encourage people to get signed up sooner versus later because especially as it relates to the iPads, we're going to buy a few hundred iPads to give out, and it takes a while to get those orders fulfilled with Apple. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, the, the the registrations are flowing in. had a, a lady call me the other day. Her husband's a dentist. He's going to close his dentist office for a week reschedule all of his appointments because she and, and, and he want to come to this conference. They're not thoroughbred owners. They want to become thoroughbred owners, and they feel this would be a great way to meet people and network and learn all about it. And, you know, one of the resonating things I'm hearing from people that are calling me and emailing me is is they like the fact that the Jockey Club in Toba are organizing this, you know, because we can be neutral and unbiased, you know, we're, we're very ethical organizations, and, and there's not going to be a hard sell at this conference. The only thing we're selling is the lifestyle of ownership, and if that works for somebody, then great, and if it's not for them, we perfectly understand.
2: Well, uh, Gary Falter from the Jockey Club, I've got about a minute left, according to my producer, Justin. After everything you've said, you've piqued a lot of interest. How do people register? How do they contact you?
0: No, very simple. Just uh, visit our website, ownerview.com, and you'll find uh, a banner and a link to the conference. And there's the full schedule with all the bios and photographs of all of our speakers and moderators, uh, pretty impressive group of people. Uh, and there's an option to register and uh, hope people to, in Ohio, especially my home state, take advantage of it and hope to see a lot of Buckeyes there.
2: All right, well, Gary, as always, I wish you uh, nothing but the best. I hope tonight that we've uh, piqued the interest of some uh, listeners at Winning Ponies, and I hope to do what I can uh, to uh, uh, to spread the word for you, because like I said, uh, no owners, no horses.
0: Exactly. John, yeah, really appreciate the time, and uh, uh, look forward to getting up to Belterra Park again soon.
2: All right, well, I look forward to uh, to, to see, seeing you and uh, your wife Cindy and uh, bumping into all your good-looking daughters down there at the, uh, the Keeneland Paddock. Okay. All right, take all right. care. We've been talking with Gary Falter. Uh, Owner View is the name of the game. If you want to get into it, it sounds like uh, this is going to be a super event. And, uh, again, sign up early by August 15th, and you're going to get a – iPad mini bonus. Well, speaking of bonuses, we got the guy who has his finger on the pulse of the spa. That's right. He drinks from the man of war fountain under the ancient elms in the city where he grew up. It's one of the most beautiful places in the world. It's Saratoga Springs, New York, and the man I'm talking about is Tom Law. We're going to take a little bit of a break. When we come back, we're going to talk to Tom Law and we're going to see just how special the Saratoga special is. You're listening to Winning Ponies.
1: The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a and move oh, I just, and I just think and that the coach made a
2: mistake. Crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, MLB NBA, NBA, NHL. NHL. Speak, up speak up. Or forever hold your mouth.
3: We ain't playing around here.
2: Voice America Sports.
3: And they're off.
1: What? Can't make it to the track?
2: A gentleman that's been kind enough to be on the show on numerous occasions. His name is Tom Law. He's currently the managing editor of ST Publishing. Uh, You'll know his... um journalistic sheet in the, the weeks ahead as the saratoga special uh tom is from saratoga as i stated earlier a former president of the national turf writers and broadcasters uh he's an eclipse award winning writer uh, the two-time winner of the bill leggett breeders cup writing award winner of the red smith which is the top story for the kentucky derby i could go on and on about his writing skills but I won't because we've got him on the phone. I'll shut up. Tom Law, how are you doing? I'm very
3: well. How are you doing today, John?
2: I'm I'm doing good. It's a, the the weather in the Midwest is absolutely marvelous. The horses are loving it. The horsemen are loving it. And the fans were in the stands today. I can tell you that. Well, as a, some people that maybe have been listening o- over the years understand that uh, while you were from Saratoga, you, all of a sudden you became a transplant and you were part of the bluegrass. Uh, you got, you know, entrenched in the Lexington scene. Uh, then there was the debacle with the Thoroughbred Times and uh, you, like a trooper, landed on your feet with the Clancy brothers and now they say you can't go home again, but you have. You're back at Saratoga. Only, I mean, Now you've had some time to spend there. You've got to be lapping it up. You've got to be loving it. And you've got to be right on top of what's happening up there.
3: Oh, absolutely. It's been, uh, it's been great. It's been more than a year now, and uh, we're just about ready to put... Uh, issue number one of the Saratoga Special off to the printer, which is great. It's only 8:30 here on the East Coast, which is uh, a good thing. I should knock on wood as I say that, so we don't have any major issues. But uh, this is year number two for me on the special, so um, you know, very uh, been through the the ringer of the the grind of the long meat for the first time. So I'm I'm ready to ready to get going on year number two.
2: Yeah, but as I recall, your feet were kind of put to the fire last year because you weren't really settled in. You pretty much jumped right in, and, and, and it had to start. Didn't you in the last meet?
3: Yeah, started I uh, started with ST Publishing back in December of 2012, but then I didn't move here until the springtime. And then had some family issues going on. I got married about a three weeks before the meet opened, and then uh, just went right into it. And, uh, you know, it was it's quite a uh an experience to do the meet I, I tell people that i worked with in lexington and people that cover the derby all the time i say you know it's kind of like covering the derby but it's for instead of one week it's for six weeks
2: a- a- absolutely so um pretty much for the next six weeks tom law is not really going to get a day off is he
3: oh no I, i'm planning yeah so, uh, I think uh, my first one will be September first, which is Labor Day, which is the last day of the week. We do a uh, we don't do a Monday issue that day. Our last issue will be will be Sunday uh, August thirty first, uh, which actually yeah I'll probably be off that day. So, uh, which is okay. You know it uh, it was a long winter and we stayed busy well, and we did had various um, projects who,
0: going uh, on. Who
3: helps uh, you? Uh,
2: how is it, how does the staffing go up there?
3: we uh it's uh really kind of full time uh, sort of full-time staff. It's Joe Clancy and Sean Clancy, of course, the owners of ST Publishing and myself. So there's the three of us. We have uh seven uh what we call interns slash staff writers, and they are you know, younger uh, college age students, some of them just graduated uh, one of the one of our writers is the daughter of uh world renowned pinhooker Niall Brennan this year. We have a couple uh holdovers from last year's staff and uh, a couple local new uh young people that are helping us out and we have one one writer that's kind of a writes a lot about the food industry and stuff in Saratoga so she's kind of like adding a whole new element to our coverage with with that's some great. stories about the new restaurants in Saratoga and sort of like the, the night nighttime hot spots and things like that
2: absolutely well i I, I love it um lo- how <laughs> Describe your day. I mean, you've got so much. You, you've got to be boots on the ground in the morning. You got to cover mm-hmm. the races in the afternoon. And then you got to report on the races, and then you've got to file your stories.
3: Um, yeah, you got it right. I get up at uh, I get up about five. I get out to the track about five thirty. Uh, you know, watch horses train, uh, interview trainers, interact with you know owners, jockeys, exercise riders, just people that are involved with the horses and. and trying to generate stories trying to generate a lot of unique stories and, and then I'm there until say 10 and then I and then I'll head home uh do some writing in my office at home have some lunch you know get a shower get cleaned up if I'm lucky maybe get a short little nap then get changed go to the races and I I, I really don't make the whole card usually I probably make the second half of the card uh up there for the stakes races And we do have the rest of our staff is there throughout the day. So we're not really missing much. And then cover the feature, the graded stakes races, and then head to our office, which is a temporary office that we set up here in Saratoga. We're actually a great location this year. We're about halfway between Broadway and the racetrack. So we're all, we're within walking distance to racetrack and the phasing tip 10, which is great. And, Then we're here, and our deadline to get our paper to the printer is 10 p.m. So it's it's a long day, but, uh, you know, it's not full-on intense the whole time. So you're tired at the end of the day. You go home, and you get a little rest. And then the mornings, we don't have to do the mornings usually on Sundays and Mondays. So you get a couple days to kind of catch up on a little sleep, and then you get cranking back up again on Tuesday through Saturday morning.
2: I can imagine the the adrenaline rush of being around the world 's top horses and horsemen is kind of like a uh, a natural cup of coffee for you uh, it it's got to help a lot in your stimulus as far as uh, um, you know getting you to do what you want to do um, My next question is the Saratoga special explain to people the distribution
3: well we're actually uh, in full disclosure we've actually been going through a little bit of a Issue this season with the New York Racing Association and getting uh, getting our our paper on the racetrack and in the backside. In years past, we kind of operated on a gentleman's agreement uh, with NYRA to have our paper in the grandstand clubhouse and on the backside. And then this year, they they suddenly decided that they they didn't really want us to be on the track. They had some uh, reasons what? they gave, legal related, and then we kind of went around and around with them. We've since we since worked out an arrangement where we are going to be back on the track, um, in the backside. The horsemen are going to get the paper. Everybody's going to get the paper. That always got it. They may have to uh, look in some different places this year for it, but uh, we're remedying that with some expanded locations, actually outside the track gates. So we catch people going into the gates when they're when they're on their way in, so they don't have to find it when they're in the track. And then we have a huge distribution. Uh, all over town at stores, convenience stores, coffee shops, restaurants, hotels, bed and breakfast, gift shops, uh, souvenir shops, everything. I mean, we're, we give away, and it's, our paper's free, we give away, you know, two to three thousand papers just in the local community, not counting what we give out at the racetrack every day. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a trying last few days uh, dealing with the distribution issue that we've had, but like I said, we've reached a little bit of a resolution and, and confident that everybody that wants the Saratoga Special and is used to getting the Saratoga Special will, in fact, have it in their hands tomorrow and hopefully enjoying it.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's just insane that you would get any pushback because it's just a win-win, and the publication has been known for so long. Uh, now, we've moved in the new age. Can I get my hands on an online copy?
3: You absolutely can. You can go to uh, our main website, which is this is com, and if you uh, if you are thinking of the Saratoga Special and you can't remember, this is horseracing.com, although... You can always bookmark it, but you can, if you type in Special dot com, that will take you directly to our website as well of a digital edition uh, right there on the home page. And there's plenty of other links to our past digital editions. You can look at all last years. You can look at every year that they've been doing it since 2001. You can find every every issue from every year on the site. So, but you'll be able to get it. We're gonna we're actually gonna increase our digital distribution do uh, people that are on our email list. So uh, we have an email list of four to 5,000 right now. People get a weekly email from us that shows all our content that appears on This Is Horse Racing. Uh, so we're going to do a daily email blast now that reminds them, why wait until Friday morning to get your Saratoga Special? You can get it at 10.30 on a Friday. So uh, you know, 10.30 on a Thursday, for that matter. So uh, So when you send it it to the printers, you send it to the public.
2: Is that what you're saying? Pardon? When you send it to the printers, you send it to the public online. Absolutely.
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. That is fantastic. Well, Tom, listen. Let me let me reach down now uh, with, with all of the uh, boots on the ground mm-hmm. work you've done, and the staff that you have, and the, the knowledge that you have. Uh, let's take a look at, at some of the uh, inside skinny up there at the spa, and we'll sneak a Delmar race in there since they had their opening day today. And um, the uh, the Skylerville, it's uh, for for two-year-old fillies. Some great ones have won it over the years, but you could only manage to wrangle up five horses. Um, and i guess fashion alert after winning the uh, the astoria is might be the horse that's scaring them off uh, but uh you know i see a horse in there by the name of talura's star uh that could be uh, every bit as much dangerous as that horse
3: absolutely i actually wrote about talura's star uh in tomorrow's paper little heads up uh spoke with the uh, the people that take care of her i also spoke with Barry Irwin from Team Valor about her and an uh, interesting story about, about her, they he tr- very tried to buy both Blea Star, who he did buy and the runner up in the race, who was named Lagrange. huh. And then Lagrange came back and won a small stakes at Los Alamitos last weekend. So uh that maiden race looks pretty good. And uh you know it's a polytrack race, Darlington, so we'll have to see if she transfers her form to the dirt, but she certainly has degree for the dirt and actually that I watched the replay of that race and it was every every bit as good as any other maiden race I've seen or, or for fashion Alerts race for all intents and purposes was a, basically a maiden race as well. There was a couple of maidens in that race. It was a small field, uh, but she, you know, she did it very professionally and she's trained by Todd Pletcher and you know, she's, she's very forward and she had done, done well. He, he, Todd tried to run her in a maiden race and didn't fill. So he just went ahead and ran her in the stakes. First time out, she, you know, certainly answered the question that they
2: needed. (laughs) Yeah, she did. uh, Obviously, uh, has been training forwardly since then, as so many of the Pletcher horses have. And, uh, with that said, let's move on again to a race that, uh, I've attended on many occasions. And the, the history uh, of the, the, the Grade Three S- Sanford for two year old boys, um goes back, uh, into the early 1900s. Uh, Regret won it in 1940. Uh, the Great Tom Fool in 51. Uh, in 1960s, it was a Hell to Reason, an exclusive native, and then two horses that I'm sure our listeners will remember uh, were, uh, Secretariat and a firm. Two Triple Crown winners, uh, came out of the Sanford. So it's a powerful, powerful race. Of course, at this age, they're all lightly raced, Um it, uh, three horses uh, seem to come to the top here: a uh, Silver Hill, who was second in the Bashford Manor, behind a uh, Cinco Charlie, who's going to be in this race, and then uh, Wesley Ward already won a stake with uh, Bessie's Boy. Uh, Frankie De is going to ride that one, and uh, you got uh, Johnny V. was on that horse that day, but he's back with his main man Todd Pletcher uh, to uh, with a uh, Nona's Boy. Uh, I mean, uh, Johnny V. I don't know if there's anybody who's been more successful in this race. He's won the Sanford six times. So, uh, with that said, am I missing somebody in there, or are they the highlights?
3: No, I say you got them. You you nailed the the major contenders. So interesting that uh, Bessie's boys, trained by Wesley Ward, and if you look at your forum, uh, the jockey that's named to ride. is Frankie Dettori. Yeah. Um, another interesting element to the opening weekend of Saratoga, as if it needs uh, any other sort of intrigue is that an international jockey of, of Frankie DeTorre's stature is riding here this weekend. Wesley Ward uh, talked to him at Royal Ascot and Frankie said, I've never ridden at Saratoga. I've always wanted to. So Wesley said, let's sign you up. <laughs> so, so he winds up on all of Wesley Ward's horses this weekend. So, you know, maybe maybe Johnny jumped off to get on Todd's horse, but maybe he didn't. I mean, because Wesley was going to ride Frankie on all of, all the horses. So. Uh, you know, Nona's boy, like you said, and Cinco Charlie both, they drew pretty favorably. I think on the outside, uh, I talked to Brett Calhoun who trained Silver Hill this morning. He was under the impression actually that Cinco Charlie wasn't going to run. So he was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take Silver Hill up there. I think my horse fits in there. He tried Cinco Charlie last time tried to press him a little bit but he felt like if I didn't press him, then, then ask me horse was just going to run off the TV set. Turned out he couldn't you know, he couldn't get with him, but he's hoping maybe that he, he can he can get him in here, maybe with a little bit more pace in the race. But again, like I said, those two uh, drew pretty favorably to be the outside, whereas Silverhill drew down a two hole so he's gonna could get buried down in there pretty early. Wow. He doesn't get a good break.
2: I know coming down the lane at the Bashford Manor it really was just a two-horse race. Uh, Silver Hill mm-hmm. was an easy four lengths ahead of Skyway, so uh, it was right. just him and Cinco Charlie. But, yeah, I, I think we've, we've hit on the highlights. It looks like it's going to be a great race again. A, a lot Absolutely. of uh, hi- history behind it. Um, Let's move on to a really challenging race, Uh, and again, one with some fantastic history behind it. Uh, Some of the best fillies and mares uh, in in history have come out of this race. Uh, I I know there was at least three champions that won the race twice, Uh, Tempted in 59 and 60, uh, Shoe V in 70 and 71, and Forever Together in 2008 and 2009. If that tells you anything about the the quality of horses that, that are in this field, and um, there's a couple that come to the top for me i uh, I'm, I'm a, always been a big Bill Mott fan and a Mollient fan and he hasn't been shy about traveling with that horse, but she's never raced at Saratoga on, on the turf. And then you, you've got Stephanie's Kitten, who just missed in this race last uh, year by a half a length. Uh, I'm not sure she's the same horse this year. She seems to get shuffled back quite a bit in, in, into the early going. And then you've got the, the French-bred uh, Alterite, uh, who has not been out since November, but obviously has a lot of back class. And uh, then you've got the, the pretty fresh uh, Canadian invader and in solid appeal. Uh, I mean, there's other fantastic horses in here. I could go on and on. Somali lem- Lemonade, Abaco. Uh, Both those horses have won, uh, you know, 600,000, 400,000. How are you separating this field? Because I can't.
3: Well, I look at this race. I think about every year when we get to the Derby and everybody talks about how they say, oh, it's wide open. It's a wide open Derby. And it's never really true in the Derby. There, There's always horses you can totally throw out. And then you get to a race like the Diana, and it really is wide open. I can, well, We're going to cover this race, and I'm like, you know what? I need to be prepared to write about any of these 10 horses because none of them would surprise me, I, not a single one. And like you said, John, it is a, a loaded race. Uh, you can go any direction you want to go. I think you, you mentioned Emolliant, and it, I, th- I thought it was interesting that she had never raced at Saratoga. But, man, when she is right, she is pretty good. Um, whether it's turf or synthetic, she does well on both. You know, she got beat a length last year in the Breeders' Cup Philly turf behind Dank and Tika and Altarique, who you mentioned is in here. Uh, Chad Brown trains Alterite. She got off to a little bit of a slower start than he had hoped this year, but very, very happy with how she's doing right now, and, and she always runs her race. I actually I think the horse on the very outside tannery, uh, Alan Goldberg trains her for Richard Santuli. She's ultra tough. I mean, she was running against males uh Last year, in the Red Smith, finished third behind Imagining and Hangover Kid. Those are two really quality air forces. She's had two decent efforts this year. Uh Her last race in the New York was a, uh, a good second behind a really nice grass filly that would have fit in this race as well. And uh Goldberg, he's he's kind of crafty, you know, when he ships horses in from at Colts uh, Neck Training Center down there in New Jersey. They they definitely factor, and he he. Uh, it could be tough in here. She's six to one. That's a pretty decent price. I feel like I don't think anybody's going to be really overbet in here. Um, you know, another fairly like discreet mark, New York bred. That you know she runs well every time, and she's won Grade Ones already. And of course, Christoph Clement is uh, he's always a factor at Saratoga, definitely on the grass. And, and she's won here, so yeah, I think she could be okay too.
2: Well, it's uh, it's just a talent-laden field, and again, you know, horses that win this grade one, half a million, uh, they can uh, take their brass plate and put it up on the stable wall and say, look at the company that, that I've kept, because it, it is just an amazing group uh, when you go through the racing manual uh, of the horses. Uh, one of my favorite ones, and I remember, I believe it was 1969, it was Gamely winning with mm. Bill Shoemaker. I think I had a brownie camera at the time, <laughs> I still Got the photo. <laughs> I used to take the photos, and then I'd go to the Albany Times Union the next day. They'd run the full charts, and I'd clip the chart and put it on the back of the photo. And they finally got developed. So, uh, oh man, Game uh, man. showing That's my a... history up there near Saratoga Springs. Going down yeah. to Colson's at eleven o'clock at night, waiting for the yeah. trucks to pull up and throw the racing forms off. <laughs> Those yeah. were the yeah. days. Well, uh, while and you know, I thank you for being so gracious about all this inside information, at Saratoga. I, I know you're, you're still a bit of a handicapper, and I'd be. Rem- for my audience not to talk about delmar and it looks like mm-hmm. as always like saratoga they're going to have just a, a sensational um, meet i still got about four minutes here before we close up and sure. so uh, i thought we'd pick their saturday steak uh it's the 45th running of the san clement handicap it's a grade two they're going a mile on the turf and uh it's uh, kind of like the diana it's, it's a pretty wide open field i don't know did you get a chance to, to look at this race at all
3: I did well we when you uh contacted me off you know off the air uh you said take a look at the take a look at the San Clemente and I thought you know it's always a it's always a good race It's a race that I was down in Lexington, of course, I'd pay attention to Del Mar and Saratoga probably because I wasn't like completely immersed in it like I am now, but uh, uh I'm gonna take a little time out on Saturday definitely to watch this race. I think it's a, it's a really intriguing race i i think diversity uh diversity harbor a curling filly that uh, Glen Hill Farm and Tom Proctor send out in here. She's, she's run some bang-up races. She won her first two, and then she's been real close and graded stakes out there. Uh, comes off a little bit of a layoff. She had not run since the end of May. That was a grade one race where she ran a good second to room service, who's a pretty talented filly that we'll see probably up uh, here at Saratoga, I hope. And then uh, there's a filly in here, Mike Conquistadori, who, of course, you probably know from uh, seeing her at Keeneland last year win the Alcibades, debuted in a stakes race at Woodbine against males, and she won that. And then she won the Alcibades, and then ran a a, a pretty credible race to finish fourth. Just got out kicked in the in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf out there, and Anita, and she was on a good race in her in her debut in mid May. She's trained by Mark Cassie, who's got a string out there at Del Mar this year because he likes poly track, and he likes the racing out there. And uh, she breaks from the extreme outside post in here, and it may hurt her a little bit with the, the run-up that they have down to the main course, but uh, or at that mile, you know, that mile trip. But hopefully she'll get a little bit of a, able to tuck in a little bit going into that first turn, but she's pretty tough.
2: Well, Tom, that, that's the horse that, that, that I have checked, and I don't have any odds in front of me, so I don't know. And I'll tell you one of the reasons why is, you don't know how many horses I've examined on this show that are now three-year-old fillies that did not run their race in the Breeders' Cup Phillies race because they had raced on Lasix, and then they had to come off Lasix.
3: And then they came
2: back this year and won like gangbusters. Somebody should do a study on that, on those two-year-old races, to see how many of those horses that put in poor performances without Lasix came back and ran big, and she's won. And I like her. She got a jockey by the name of Victor Espinosa. He won a big race on the first Saturday of May, as I recall. Um, again, I don't like the post. I just got a good feeling. Mark Cassie seems to be in a zone right now, and, uh, and I like her too. But, uh, well, my producer Justin's telling me I only got about 60 seconds to wrap up. Again, Tom, please tell our listeners how, because they go far and wide, how they can get their hands on the Saratoga special.
3: Yeah, well, if you're not in Saratoga, and, uh, please try to make it up here at least, uh, one day or one weekend for the meet. But if you can't be in ha- on hand to get it in-, in person, go to thisishorseracing.com. You'll be able to download the digital edition there. You can feel free to send me an email at tom at thisishorseracing.com. I'll get your email address added to our distribution list and you'll be able to get that digital edition on the night before it comes out in print. So go to thisishorceracing.com, find my name on there, or send me an email, Tom at thisishorceracing, we'll get you out of that list.
2: All right, we've been talking with Tom Law. Tom, thank you so much. You're one of my favorite people in the sport. Uh, you're, You're a great ambassador. I love talking to you. Best of luck up there at Saratoga.
3: Well, thank you very much, John. You're one of my great friends, too, and I appreciate the time. All
2: right. Well, let's close this out from a friend of mine, uh, my doctor, Dr. Seuss, who says, Be who you are, say what you feel. The people who mind don't matter, and the people who matter don't mind. Good night, everybody. This is John Engelhart for
1: Winning Ponies. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.